Hello, hello, and welcome to Hear Her Sports. I'm Elizabeth Emery, host and producer of this podcast. Today's guest is track sprinter Ashley Pratt, currently a freshman at Xavier University in Cincinnati, Ohio. When we spoke last spring, she was still in high school at Laurel School, a top-notch all-girls K-12 here in the Cleveland area. We talk about her love of Laurel, benefits of an all-girls school, nutrition, pushing herself, loving to win, and disliking preseason conditioning, finding her voice as one of the few black students after an initial period of thinking no one wanted to hear it, representation of people of color and women of color in media, particularly in major movies, being vibrant and making decisions in relation to choosing a college. It's a packed episode. It's so fun to listen to Ashley because I know she is now well into her first year away at college. Our conversation feels like a milestone, a moment captured just before a big transition for her. It's also captured a specific political and social moment thanks to Ashley's beautifully articulate teen perspective. In the episode, she admits to not being hopeful. Make sure to catch her very sad sigh. Don't fret though. She just emailed me saying in college, she's more hopeful for her personal future, even if not particularly for the world as a whole. I am hopeful. With smart, confident, self-aware women like Ashley taking over, I'm happy to pass things along to her generation. I recently attended Time to Talk, organized by the Cleveland YWCA. Many vocal young women attended, and they too gave me great hope. We are in good hands. Ashley offers some thoughts about her generation and how they differ from the older generation. Ashley grew up in the Glenville neighborhood of Cleveland, Ohio. This whole episode can be found as part of Hear Her Sports Glenville, an ongoing separate audio project focusing on the sporty women of Cleveland's Glenville neighborhood. That's why in a second you will hear a different intro featuring clapping and stomping of the Glenville Panthers cheerleaders. Thank you to them. Find a link to all the Glenville stories in the main menu of hearhersports.com and in this week's show notes. That's a lot to take in, so let's get to the cheering. This is Hear Her Sports Glenville, a neighborhood stories project sharing the power of sports for girls, women, and for communities. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for being willing to talk to me. I really appreciate it. Could you introduce yourself, say your name, and um, yeah, just introduce yourself. Um, I'm Ashley Pratt. I am a senior at Laurel School. Um, I live in the inner city Cleveland. I'm 17. Excellent. So what's your sport? Um, I run track. I used to do basketball. I stopped that my junior year, but... And track, I run all of the sprints pretty much. I'm pretty flexible when it comes to running. So You're speedy. Yes. <laughs> I so, can't go very far, but I can go pretty fast. Very good. So why did you switch to track and not continue with basketball? Um, I've been doing track way before I got to Laurel. So I started track when I was seven or eight. And then when I got to Laurel, I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, I want to carry this team. I'm excited. So when I hit hmm, my middle school year... I took a break from running AAU because I used to do AAU. So that was during the summer all year long. I quit that when I got to high school. And then when I got to high school, um, I don't know. I was like, maybe I should keep doing this. I kind of had a lot of fun with it. And I really love the team environment at Laurel. So, 
you started track at seven or eight. That sounds really young to me. Yeah, I did it AAU. So it wasn't like on a like um, travel team or anything. It was just that, you know, I like doing it for fun. I'd always done it. And um, one of the coaches that I know started a team and I was like, I definitely want to join. Why not? What's AAU? Um, it's, let's say it's like traveling kind of, but I don't know how to explain it. It's um, it's like Laurel, but you do it year-round. You do it during the summer. It's way more intense. You have a lot more meets. And you run against people your age from all over the country, all over the state, um, everywhere. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so you came to Laurel, and you decided to focus on, on track. When did you start at Laurel? Um, I started at Laurel in the fourth grade. In the fourth grade, so pretty young. So I stopped doing AAU in the eighth. I'm more so focused on, you know, bringing my skills here and not trying to um, compete with Laurel, but actually be a part of Laurel and be a part of the team. Can you walk me through one of your Laurel practices? Oh, geez. Actually, I just had one yesterday. Typically, it starts around 4 o'clock. We get there. We warm up. We do like two laps. We stretch. We do all of that. And then immediately, we break off into sprinters, hurdlers, or distance runners. And I'm in the sprinters group. And normally, we do really fast relays all the time. So we'll do like a 200, we'll do eight 200s, and then that'll be the end of practice. Then we go lift, or you do an ice bath, or something like that. And then you go home around 5.36. So you lift, too? Yes. At school? Yes. Do you like lifting? I do like lifting. Actually, that's my favorite thing to do. Really? I like love after practice. I'm like, yes, time to get some abs, my summer body. What do you like so. about lifting? I love lifting, too. Um, What do I like about it? Yeah. Let's see. I actually, we have another campus, and that's where we go to do all of our sports. So I love the um, trainer there. He's, he's kind of intimidating, but I like people who intimidate me. I like people who, like, challenge me a lot. So he's always like, you can do better. And I'm like, yeah, I can. You know me so well. So, like, I really like that. I like the environment. I like that, like, no one's competing with you when you're lifting. You're kind of doing it on your own. You're at your own pace. You always have someone spotting you. It's very relaxed. You know what I like about lifting is that, it's so obvious when you're better. You yeah. Know, one week you're lifting 25 pounds and the next week it's yeah. 35. And it's just, there's no denying that you're getting stronger. I True think that. that's cool. So um, what exercises are you doing in the in the lifting gym? Um, typically we're either doing like a lot of leg weights or we're doing a lot of squats, something, everything to get us stronger so that, you know, the stronger you get, the faster you run. So normally um, I do a lot of abs. I just add that to my workout. Normally he like, He'll give us a pre-regimen for track specifically, and then I'll be like, okay, we're doing abs on top of this. So, so the trainer at the gym is is dictating what you're... Your... Yeah. Cool, that's awesome. That's very cool. And what about your teammates? What are they like? Um, they're awesome. I love them all. It's my senior year, and they're all like, we're going to miss you so much next year. And I'm like, I'm going to miss you guys too. Um, we definitely we do a lot of team dinners, so we're definitely all about being one. We don't like anyone to feel left out, like from the freshmen to the seniors. If you're new, you can come on the team at any time. So you might not start your freshman year, but you can start your sophomore year. And we get to learn everyone's names. We have a lot of group chats. We have a ton of group chats. Um, we like to bring food to all the meets because fast girls get hungry. <laughs> so it's definitely a great team atmosphere. Well, you mentioned food. I definitely want to talk about food. Um, what, how's your nutrition? Are you good at nutrition? Does the team talk about nutrition? Um, I tend to take my nutrition to myself. My doctor actually um, recommended me to a nutritionist. So I go to the school's nutritionist. Actually, I talk to Julie a lot. And I'm like, what do I need to eat in order to 
gain healthy fat so that I can translate it into being, you know, muscle. Um, we really don't talk about that a lot on the team because, you know, people eat what they want to eat. We can't make them eat anything, but I like to eat. I like to eat, don't get me wrong, but I like to eat healthy things. So I love fruits, vegetables, all that stuff. What's your favorite breakfast? My favorite, I don't really eat breakfast, which is kind of bad, but um, my school provides breakfast, so I really like their grits. I love grits. What's your favorite, you know, sort of on the go, you don't have time kind of meal or snack? Um, I would love to say yogurt, but I don't like it. My mom always tells me like, take this yogurt. And I'm like, oh. So I normally like protein packs that come with like meat and fruit and some type of like dark chocolate because, you know, I like those type of things. So you're not a vegetarian? No. <laughs> Very good. So what's your favorite thing about the sport? My favorite thing about the sport, mm, that varies from team to team. When I was younger, I was like, my teammates. Now it's like, I like to win. Like when I was younger, I was like, I was like, oh, I love to compete. Yay, yay, yay. I don't care what place I get as long as I get to compete. Now I'm like, it's go time. I'm ready to win. Like I like pushing myself. And if it takes me running against faster people every single time I compete, then that means I'm going to push myself even harder. So I definitely love to compete. Um, when I don't win, I'm okay with it too. Um, but I just know that I have to work harder in practice. So, What do you like about competing? Because not all yeah. athletes like competing. Mm -hmm. I think I like the adrenaline rush I get. Like in some of my races, like the 100, for example, I'm like, oh, yes, this is the first race of the day. Like, I'm so excited. And then I get to the four by one and I'm like, okay, like I have three other people that I'm depending on and that I need to not let down. So it definitely depends on the race. Um, like the four by one, I love it to death because it's very um, cohesive. Like you have to have all the parts working at one time. And typically I'm the anchor. So I'm like, I cannot let them down. I cannot let them down. I cannot let them down. So, um, yeah. And what do you like least about your sport? <sighs> Training before the season starts. I hate conditioning. I hate it. Like you can ask any of my coaches. They'll literally be like, she complains every day. I'm like, I can't do it. Oh, I have to like, because sometimes if I'm not conditioning with the team, I condition on my own. So like over spring break, they gave us a regimen to work out to. And I was like, I have to do it, but I don't want to do it. This is spring break. Like, I want, I want to take a break. So definitely that. Like, I mean, I appreciate it once the season starts because I'm like, I'm already in shape. I'm already going. But doing it, I'm like. Ugh. What do you like about it? I just, I don't know. It's just like, I don't like working out by myself. And so, like, over breaks and stuff, I'm normally by myself. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. I just feel like when I'm alone, I don't push myself as hard, which I feel like is a bad thing. But I don't know. I just need that person who's challenging me all the time. I'm like, yes, tell me, tell me, go, 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 run faster, you know? I think that's a typical sprinter attitude. You yeah. Know, you, you need that person right next door to, yeah, to fight, fight with. Yeah. Um, you said that you were not good at going long distances so i no. assume that you're not a cross-country runner also no <laughs> i tried that i tried that my freshman year my dad was like try it it'll make you better at at um sprinting and i was like okay i went to one practice and i was like no more dad no more i can't run that far like i can do a treadmill i'm good with the treadmill it's just when i see that the line is so far from like from me i'm like oh no point no point oh god <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even the clothes, really. My dad was like, yeah, maybe we should. We'll, we'll chill on that for a minute. <laughs> but like, basketball, you need to run a lot. Yeah, basketball, like, but it's different, though, because you're running from, like, one hoop to the next, and you're always, like, constantly going. But for basketball, we did a lot of um, 
conditioning that was like running in the gym so it wasn't like running a far distance so it didn't feel as far for me right right maybe it's just mental yeah <laughs> probably it's just mental uh do you follow the wnba um a little bit not really i'm more into the nba i like men's basketball a little bit better it's more intense to me hmm. i like to like watch people I'm like, oh, yes, yes, go. I mean, I really like my favorite player from WNBA is Candace Parker. I love her to death. I've loved her forever. Um, when I was younger, I was like, I'm going to be the next Candace Parker. Like, that's going to be me. And then I stopped playing my, my um, junior year, and I was like, okay, I'll just be the Candace Parker of track. It's fine. Why not? <laughs> so what are your goals for, for sports? Um, well, right now, since I'm looking at colleges, I would like to run track in college. So that's like my next immediate goal. But um, I don't know. I'm not really. A lot of people are like, don't you want to go to the Olympics or something? And I'm like, no, not really. I just like I like to run because it's fun for me. I don't ever want to run because I feel like, you know, it's too much pressure or like I don't like it anymore. That's what I told myself. I was like, I'm never going to do something that I don't want to do just because I've been doing it. So mm -hmm. interesting. What's the hardest thing for you during practice or just about your sport? Mm, during like what, what do practice, you struggle with? Um, during practice, I think the hardest thing for me is to push myself after I've run. Like, say, for example, we'll do eight of something and we'll make it to six. And I'm like, I'm out of breath. I, I can't. Oh, my gosh. And my coach is like, two more. You got it. Go 100 percent. And I'm like, <sighs> like, I start to stress myself. Like, it's definitely a mental thing. And I'm trying to, like, get over that because I know that. You know, as time goes on, I'm going to have to eventually get over that. But I'm just like, once I reach like the maximum I think my body can do, my mind kind of shuts down. So I'm like, oh, my God, I can't do it. I can't do it. That's such a hard thing about sports is yeah. to go past that point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, So what are you good at? Like, what do you bring to the team? What do I bring to the team? I would say I definitely bring a confidence to the team. Um, I'm a very confident person. I'm very um, vibrant. And most of my team... Most of the people at Laurel, I would say, are very like reserved and they're very chill and relaxed. And I'm like, I bring all the energy. I'm like, let's do this. Let's play music. Let's let's do it all. Like, let's make sure everybody feels like very hyped for practice. I don't want anyone feeling sluggish or anything like that. And I think definitely since it's my senior year, I've definitely grabbed more of the leadership role. So I'm like, look, let me help you with your blocks. You know how to do it? Oh my gosh, come on! Like we could do it together. So like, I definitely um, bring a. Uh, a strong confidence to the team. So where does that come from? My mother. My mother. Nice. Um, she's always told me, like, be be confident. There's no reason for you not to be. And I was like, yeah, you're right. So um, at law, it definitely helped me to develop a voice. Being in all-girls school, um, I don't really feel people, like, pressuring me not to speak. So I, I'm always speaking my mind. I'm always, like, that one person who's, like, asking so many questions. A lot of people get annoyed with me because I'm like, wait, what does that mean or that or that? Like, I never stop if I don't, like, if I don't know something, I'm always asking, so. Cool. So how did you and your parents decide on Laurel? Um, my parents actually told me I was going to Laurel after I visited. Um, I really didn't have much of a choice. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, well, we narrowed it down and Laurel's the spot. And I was like, okay, good thing I liked it. They were like, yeah, good thing you did. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going. Do you so, like it? Oh, I love it. I love it. At, like, a more, as more time goes on, I love it more. Like, it's always something new and surprising to love about Laurel. Like what? Let's see. We have a lot of traditions. We have a ton of traditions. Like, as you get older, we get, like, um, our Laurel rings. We get, um, we do a flower chapel where the seniors give flowers to the um, entering kindergartners, and the kindergartners do the same. Oh, I love that chapel. Um, I don't Hmm, what else? 
I, oh, the people, the people are the best. You always meet new people. Like my grade is um, 72 people and still growing. So it's just like, you get to hear a lot of varying opinions. And sometimes it can be like, oh, like sometimes I raise my hand and people be like, oh, I heard you already. But then I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to empower other people to speak, so. Do you think that's important? I mean, especially in this time, uh, politically and socially for oh yes um at Laurel we definitely have a diverse group of people um we're working on being more diverse but right now we're as diverse as I've ever seen it so I'm a diversity fellow which means that I um work within the community to help make sure everyone's voice is heard so I think that definitely at Laurel we have our fair balance of liberals and conservatives we have our fair balance of black and white and Asian and all of that and I think that having everyone's voice be heard is very important. Do you as a class and as a school, I mean, is it helpful for everybody to hear all those opinions? Like, do you guys talk about the variety of opinions and how to sort of take that in and accept the variety of opinions? Yeah, for sure. We talk about it all the time. Like, we have a lot of chapels, which is like where we all meet as an entire upper school. And we talk about how people need to listen, but also they need to respond, but respond thoughtfully. Don't respond out of anger. Don't respond out of spite. You need to listen to someone first. And um, I think we've come a long way because, like, my freshman year, I was like, I'm never speaking. I'm so scared. I, like, I was one of the few black girls at Laurel. And I was like, I, I, people don't want to hear my opinion. Like, I'm, I'm going to be silent. Oh, my God. But then as time went on and I started to learn and gain more respect within my community, I started to encourage other girls who were freshmen or encourage other girls that I saw maybe we're having opinions in small groups, but weren't bringing their opinions to the table in big discussions. So be vocal, because if I never hear you, I won't know your opinion. So I think that's a big thing. Here. That's super important, my goodness. Yeah. Do you, do you, I mean, have you learned from people who have had different opinions? Have you changed your mind in any? Um, I would say I have. I think coming into the upper school, I was very, I was still confident, I was still vibrant. Um, but I didn't really have that social justice aspect in me until I met um, one of the girls in my grade. And she came and she talked to me and we sat down and she was like, so how do you feel? And I was like, what do you, what do you mean how I feel? I'm like, I'm fine, I'm great, living life. And she was like, no, how do you feel about this country? And I was like, whoa. Like I never had really had those conversations with another student or a peer. And she talked to me and I was like, wow, wait. I really need to say something. I need to be that voice because I know that I have it in me to be that person, but I also need to learn how to respect other people, how to educate myself, how to educate others in a respectful manner. And so I definitely think I developed more of my social voice, more of my social justice voice, more of my internal voice from being here. Do you guys talk about that outside of school too? I mean, do your, you and your friends talk about that? Um, yeah, I think so. We talk about it a fair amount out of school. It's more like... We talk about more the current events out of school than like what's going on actually in school. So we'll be like, oh, um, did you see what happened on the news? How do you feel? You know, so it's always definitely like a, how do you feel before I state my opinion so that I know, so that I respect your opinion just in case our opinions are differing. How do you feel about the current state of the United States? Um, I would say I feel a little depressed. I would say we have a long way to go. Um, I just registered to vote, so I'm trying. Woo! Yes, I'm very excited about that. Um, so I'm trying to learn all of the issues in Ohio, learn everything I can, so that when I when the time comes to vote, I can be ready and um, I can have my voice and not someone else's voice inside my head. 
how do you think that you and your friends are different from, for example, the older generation? I would say me and my friends are more different because we're more open. I think. It's like when I talk to my parents sometimes, I'll be like, oh, my friend is um, pansexual. They'll be like, pan what? And I'm like, let me break it down for you. Like, and they're like, oh, okay, I got it, I got it, I get that. And I'm like, yes, yes. You know, like I like being that person who, um, who is available for anyone to talk to. And I think that my generation definitely has um, that down, that we love to talk to people, we love to know. We're very, uh, definitely a curious generation. So we'd love to have anyone and everyone um, be a part of the conversation. Do you feel different or similar to the students in Florida from the school shooting? Um, I feel a little different. And the reason I say that is, well, while I am a student and while that is very um, prevalent in you know today's society, um, Laurel being such a small, tiny, secluded place, sometimes I, I say to myself, like, that could never happen here. And then I have to remind myself that that can happen anywhere. And that while I am comfortable being here, like, Laurel's like my second home. Um, I know that while we do, you know, do a lot of things to include the community, um, it's a lot, of, we have a long way to go. And I feel like every school around the world has a long way to go, so... So let's move on to uh, where you live. You live in Glenville. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it like living in Glenville and going to Laurel? Oh, complicated. Um, I have a lot of friends who um, go to CMSD schools, and we're very different. Um, I actually went to a charter school by um, Collinwood when I was younger, before fourth grade. Um, it was called Hope Academy East. It's closed now. But... Um, that experience was great for me because I got to know people and relate to people who looked like me, who felt like me, who essentially were me, just in different bodies. Um, and then I got to Laurel, and it was kind of like a culture shock. I had never been around that many people who didn't look like me or who had varying opinions. Like, normally in my old school, we all were like, yeah, I feel that way too, cool. But um, I got here, and don't get me wrong, Laurel's a great family. It was just that I felt like I was different. No one made me feel that way. It's just that I acknowledged that the way I thought, where I came from, the car my parents drove, or the, how much money my parents made definitely played a big factor in um, me coming to Laurel. So I don't know, my 30-minute drive home every day is um, a reminder that I am not from this, technically I don't live in this community, so it's definitely a reminder that um, coming from Glenville and having to live in Cleveland. And sometimes I hear people in this community say, like, oh, you live in Cleveland. Like, oh, how, what is that like? Like, it's a foreign place. Like, it's an other. And I'm like, it's the same as Shaker Heights. Like, it's fine. Like, what do you mean? We have houses and trees and, you know? So a lot of people, like, um, automatically assume a lot of things about where I live. So they're like, oh, I would never go to your house. Like, what? what's wrong with, what? And I'm like, nothing's wrong. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people just take what they see on the news and make a whole assumption about a place. I would love for you to describe your neighborhood, given just what you said. Okay, um, let's see. My neighborhood, I have a pretty big house, I would say. Um, I live on a main street, and it has a lot of parks. So I live by the Cultural Gardens. And it's always vibrant. I love it. I love it. Um, We have a lot of old roads. We live in an alley. So it's like 
it's very rustic and all of our houses are like 100 years old so every single house you go into you're like wow these are huge and they have so much history like i love to sometimes when i'm bored um i'll go online and i'll look up like i look up like the historical facts about my street and like what what my house was before i bought it so I love it. I love it. I like. I remember when we first saw the house. My mom was like, "Get out the car. I think that. Um, I think that house is up for sale." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So I ran to the door and I took down the number. I was like, "Mom, you have to buy this house," because my mom actually. The reason why we got the house is because my mom's um, grandma or no no her great grandma had cleaned the floors in that house. My mom was like, "I'm gonna own that house one day," and that was the story she told me. And so my parents bought it and we fixed it up and they were like, "Oh, we're never leaving." And I was like, "Ah." I love it. So. That's cool. So so how long have you lived in Glenville? I have lived in Glenville my entire life. Oh, okay. So I moved from a different section, but I, I've always lived in Glenville. So cool. Is there anything else you want to talk about Glenville? Like, do you have friends still that live in Glenville? And do you hang I out do. in Glenville? Actually, most of my friends um, either live in Glenville or go to Glenville schools. So I know a lot of people who have graduated from um, Gen Academy or Collinwood or, you know, schools in that area. And what do you do when, when you guys hang out? Uh, typically, we like go to the movies or we go out to eat or something. Um, normally, we don't really talk about the same things that I talk about with my friends from Laurel. It's just a very, um, the culture, I would say, of schools is very different. Like, I feel like when I hang around them, we're always talking about, like, maybe social media or we're talking about, like, culture, like, what it feels like to, you know, be home when they come home from college or something like that. But, like, with my loyal friends, we're definitely more um, politically aware. It's just, I don't know. It's very different. Does that feel weird? Sometimes it does. Like, sometimes I feel like I have to turn parts of myself on and off um, in order to be with some people. And I know it shouldn't be that way. I just feel like when I'm in the presence of some people, they may, some people may understand what I'm saying more than other people. And I don't want to ever feel like I'm overstepping my boundary and trying to be like that overshadowing educating figure if people don't want me to be like if you ask me a question sure but I don't want to be like let me state this fact for you and then they're like who do you think you you know who do you think you are and I'm like oh sorry you know <laughs> right, right. Hmm. interesting you mentioned social media what do you use social media wise um normally like Instagram some people use Twitter Snapchat all that stuff any way to get I like I keep a news app on my phone like, that's normally my social media. I'm, like, always on my news app. I get a lot of alerts from that, so. No Facebook? No Facebook. That's <laughs> not me. Are your friends into Facebook? Um, Normally, people get Facebooks for, like, college. So, like, so people know where they're going to college or they can join college groups. Mm. But normally, I'm on GroupMe, which is for one of the schools that um that I want to go to so I can meet people that way. But I'm really not into Facebook, mm -hmm. so. So you mentioned college. So what are you, you're a senior, what are you looking at? Um, I'm looking at Xavier University, um, University of Pittsburgh, and Syracuse University. That's what I've narrowed it down to. And do you have, you know, something that you want to study in particular? Um, it depends on my school. So for some of my schools, they offer neuroscience, which is what I want to do. And for some of them, they only offer biology. So neuroscience, biology, either one. Do you have a five-year plan? Do I have a five-year plan? I want to say that I want to be in medical school by the time I get done with my undergraduate. And then I plan on getting out of Ohio. And I don't know. For some reason, I just have been in Ohio my entire life, and I just want to experience other things. I travel a lot. So I'm like, every time I go somewhere new, I'm like, oh, I could live here. And then I have to go back to the cold and doom of Ohio, and I'm like, oh, 
great. I mean, I love all the people. A lot of like most of my family is here, but I'm like I I know that when I go to graduate school, I'm probably going to go out of this state. So right. So where have you liked when you traveled? Um, typically, I really like Boston. Um, I actually have never been, but a lot of people are like, I love it. I love it. And I'm like, oh my God, I love it. Like I always like look up pictures. I'll be like, do, 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 do. Um, I travel a lot out of the state. I don't really travel that much inside the state. I've been to like Atlanta, Virginia, um, places like that. Do you know what you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a pediatric neurologist. What is that? So basically, <laughs> the job description is that I would be a neurologist, which means that I would work with people um, trying to tell them what's wrong with their brain, trying to analyze them, um, doing MRIs, working with their other doctors to, you know, make life as simple as possible. Originally, well, working with kids, because I'm not really that into adults, no offense, um, I shadowed a neurologist actually um, last summer, and I was like, well, I do love this job. I think being with kids would be so much more fun. Um, I actually have a five-year-old sister, so I love her to death. She's awesome. Um, yeah. So how did you get interested in that? Um, actually, when my sister was born, there was something wrong with the frontal cortex in her brain. And I was like, let me look this up. Because we asked the doctors, and they were like, we really don't know what's wrong. And my mom was, like, freaking out. And I was like, I'm going to go to Google. I'm going to figure this out. And so we really couldn't figure it out. But um, eventually her her frontal cortex, like, caught up with the other side. And she was cool. But um, I was like, this is really cool. I could do this. So I got involved with this um, health success program, which is, like, this medical program for teens. And you drive all the way out to um, Ravenna. And you meet at Neomed, which is, like, um, this medical school. And you have like a medicine day, a pharmacy day, and they let you basically see what you want to do later in life. And so we had a neurology day. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So we like did cadavers and we held the brain and we talked to a neurologist. And I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So, I mean, I had always kind of known I wanted to be a doctor. It just took me a little later in the game to specialize it. Nice. That's great. It's interesting when personal stories sort of direct a person. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, do you worry about anything? Do I worry about anything? I kind of worry about my sister. Um, she's very young. So when I was 13, she was born. Um, I worry that when I go to college, her life, like I'm worried that she won't remember me or like she won't remember our time together because I really won't be at home while she's growing up. Um, I kind of worry for her growing up in this world because I know she is a um, African-American girl. Her skin is um, a bit darker than mine. And I know like at school we talk about like colorism and it's typically the black girls who talk about that. And we'll be like, well, or like representation and how a lot of people don't get represented in the media and how sometimes that can take a major effect on you when you're growing up, when you're like a preteen and you know, a lot of things affect you and you really don't find your voice yet. And I'm kind of nervous that I won't be a major guiding factor for her. Do you have any thought, like, what can you tell me about how important it is to you to be able to see yourself in media? Um, I think it's very valuable. I think that for me, being a lighter skinned African American girl, I get a lot of representation. Um, not a lot, but a fair share, more than a lot of other people. So I am very happy about that. Um, 
I think that when I was growing up, I definitely looked to the media. I definitely looked to people who looked like me, like Candace Parker or other people who were either in the sports world or not doing great things. And I was like, one day I'm going to be like them. So that helped me to push myself harder. And I feel like if you don't have that representation in the media, I mean, you, you could be fine. You could read books. You can do whatever you want to make you know, your dream come true. It's just that the media being so prevalent in our lives and to not have and to not be able to see yourself in that media means that maybe people don't want to see you. Maybe you're not meant to be seen. Um, and I feel like that that can take a really toxic toll on someone. Where would you like to see the biggest changes? Um, movies, if we're talking media-wise. I think that while Black Panther did come out, love the movie, um, I think that we need to see more um, African-American men and women um, in major roles. Um, normally they're like supporting characters or like that one funny friend or something. I'm like, why not give us, you know, the opportunity to be in movies that can make it big. Not like movies that are um, directed by a black director or something. Like give us mainstream movies. Why did you like Black Panther so much? Oh my gosh. It was such a good movie. Okay, first of all, I'm very into action movies. I love them. And when I heard that Black Panther was coming out, I was like, Dad, we need to get the movie. We need to see this. So not only did I see it, um, I saw it once, but I also saw it twice. And I saw it with my sister. And she and I was like, Aubrey, like, oh my gosh, that girl looks like you. And she was like, yes, yes, finally. Because she's, she's young, but she understands. Um, and I think that being there for my sister and like seeing her face light up when she saw someone who looked like her, someone fighting, you know, being powerful, confident um, on the screen really meant a lot to me. I felt like it was a sort of a film industry changing film. Yeah, I definitely agree. Do you have any thoughts about the Me Too movement and discrimination? And do you guys talk about that, you and your friends? We have talked about that, actually. Um, being... <laughs> We like to call ourselves a feminist school, <laughs> being an all-girls school. So we definitely talked about it, and we actually had some people from our community tell their own stories about how when they were walking down the street, they were catcalled, or how, you know, just little things that normally you just blow off, but then you realize that on an actual, it's on an actual bigger scale. Like, it's actually a, a big thing that a lot of people have to go through. And I was happy to see that... Um, it was being as vocalized as it was. So I don't know, but we also had people like myself who felt as if, this is, we talk about this a lot, where we feel as like white feminism and where we feel as if the colored, the people of color who were speaking out, their voices weren't being as heard. And we felt like, well, a black woman actually did start the movement. Um, you, weren't, you didn't really hear about her. You didn't hear about her story. You only heard about um, a lot of the big time actresses or, you know, it was, while I loved the movement, I just felt like the people of color were ultimately left out. That's pretty typical. Yeah, well, very <laughs> typical. Yeah. Do you have optimism for the future? <sighs> well, I would love to say yes. I'm not an optimist. So I like, <laughs> I like, I'm very like reality. I like to keep it honest, keep it upfront with people and be like, this is how it is. So yes and no. Like I really would love to see major changes happen for everyone 
because if changes don't happen for one group, it's not going to happen for anyone. But also, I'm like, we have how many more years of this president? How many more years of people, like, bombing other people without actual justification? How many years do we have left? Like, I just, I don't know. Yes and no. I mean, from the outside, being mm-hmm. an old old lady, it looks like that your generation, I mean, certainly has a lot of strengths and the personality to solve the problems we gave you. Yeah, I think I think we do. We definitely have a lot of personality. And, and what makes it even better is that we're so open. And we're so like, yes, say your part, say your piece. But we also know how to come together. But we also know how to be individuals. So I definitely think when we come together and we use that strength, we'll be able to conquer anything. Um, it may take us a while, but we'll be able to do it. And you said that you wanted to be a neuroscientist. How are you going to get involved in social issues or politics? Or will you? Um, I will, for sure. Um, <laughs> I was actually just talking to my friend, and she was like, so do you ever think you'll get arrested for protesting? And I'm like, yeah, that'll probably be the one thing I only get arrested for. Um, so, sorry, Mom. Um, I'm like, yes, in college, I think I definitely want to join um, a social justice group. I'm never going to let the social justice piece of me go. Um, no matter where I go, no matter what college I go to. Um, so I think I also want to study psychology. I'm kind of looking into a minor, but I'm not really sure. I'm kind of going to let that one guide itself and declare a minor maybe sometime. But I'm really, the social justice piece will never go. Even if I don't study it in college, I think that I'm definitely going to be a vocal part of my campus. What criteria are you using to make a decision about where you're going to college? Um, money. I'm using location. I, well, originally about location, I was like, I'm getting as far away from here as possible. I remember like I applied to um, ASU, Arizona State, and that's 29 hours. And my parents were like, are you crazy? And I was like, yeah, just, just a little bit. And then I was like, gotta cross that off. <laughs> and then like, I realized that I didn't, I don't want to be that far away from my family. So I made it like my cap is like five hours now. So um, definitely like a location, um, money, classes, what they offer, what kind of teachers are teaching there, um, the diversity. Yeah. Does Laurel help and do your parents help make this decision? I mean, it's such a um, big decision and it's hard to sort of anticipate what's going to happen. Um, Laurel helped me in like narrowing down the schools that I wanted to apply to because originally I was like send me anywhere and I don't care and they were like you have to make a list and I was like okay like if I have to so that really helped but my parents were definitely like um let me be independent let me choose where I wanted to apply I mean I had to I had to tell them where I wanted to apply but they definitely weren't like steering me in any direction because they know that where I want to go I have to love it I'm going to be there for four years so they definitely helped me. Like, we just had a conversation the other day because I realized I was about to commit to Pitt. And my parents were like, wait, 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 hold on. Like, are you sure? And I was like, oh, wait, maybe not. And they were like, okay, slow down. Like, I know you want to commit. Like, I know you want to be done. But, like, you have to remember that there are a lot of factors that go into committing to a school. So I was like, yeah, you're right. So they definitely helped me in the logistics of things. But um, as far as, like, choosing a college, not really. What are you passionate about? 
Oh, I'm passionate about social justice. I'm passionate about my sport. I'm passionate about people. I love connection. So like I love making connections to people, which is why I decided I wanted to be a doctor. Um, I am passionate about, I wouldn't say I'm passionate about too many things because for me, I like to divvy up my passion. I like to think of it as a pie. So I like to give, <laughs> I like to give everything that I'm passionate about the right amount so that I feel okay with as much passion as I've given everything. You you mentioned sport as one of your passions, but yeah. you didn't mention that as one of the criteria for school. Oh, true that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably because for only one of my schools, do I want to run track? So I was like, hmm, do I really? Like, because some of my, I actually talked to my parents about this, and they were like, well, for one of my schools, they offered me a scholarship to run track. For the other ones, they didn't. So I was like, oh, well, I could always just do um, club. That's fine. And so for those other two schools, track doesn't really matter to me. I'm still going to run no matter what. But um, for one of my schools, it definitely matters. So, How are you going to fit sports or just being physically active, you know, into college life? Because that's going to be a lot of studying and a lot of work. And also just, you know, down the line. Yeah. How will you fit it in? Um, my My plan is to school comes first that's always but I know that in order for me to be happy at least in the life that I've established now I have to work out like I just have made it a part of my schedule so I'm like no matter what no matter how drowned I get like even now like during finals week I'll be like I gotta go work out guys like I need a break like I I feel like I can never study for too long so I know that like Track is always going to be that thing I go to relieve the stress or to, you know, just run off some calories. So I, I'll work it in there. I'm not too worried about that. Is that why sports is important to you? Yeah. I think that, like, it's definitely a big stress reliever for me. Because if I would just go home every night and just sat on the couch, I'd probably cry myself to sleep. But, like, for me and track, like, say, for example, I'm having a hard day. I go to track and I run it out. And then I'm fine after. Maybe I could, like, write a six-page paper after and I'll... Like, it's definitely an energy thing, and it's definitely, like, based on the type of day that I had. If I had a down day, track might not be so hot for me. If I had a frustrating day, then that's probably the best track practice you're ever going to see me have. Are there lessons that sport has taught you? Let's see. Um, To always stay committed, to always value the people around you. Being a team player definitely, definitely matters to me. I, I learned that a lot from sports. And my dad actually um, played football. So he um, is the reason why I actually got into track in the first place. And he was like, you have to have a group of people you can go to when things hit the fan. So even if, you know, even if I feel like I can't do school anymore, I can go to track practice and just let it all out and tell all the people at the track team and then just go about, you know, the rest of my day. So your team is those people, are your people? Yes. Cool. I like that. Do you have a message for listeners or advice? Mm, advice I would say always follow this is gonna sound so cliche but always follow your heart um I make all my decisions with my heart never my head and the reason I do that is because I'm I'm very (laughs) hot-headed so like if I get very angry I'm like I'm I need to just whoo I have to take it out in some way shape or form so I'm like if I'm making a big decision I'm like Okay, it's either A or B, and then I'll sit down in like a quiet room, maybe I'll play a little bit of music, and I'll be like, heart, tell me where to go. 
because I know that I want myself to be happy. Sometimes that's all it takes, is that you don't need anyone else to make you happy. As long as you're happy, you'll be fine, and everything will fall into place. Has that worked for you, Follow, you know, making those decisions that way? Yeah. It works for me. It always has. Um, I think that that's what my college decision is going to come down to. Um, I made a pros and cons list, and then I was like, nah, this is not my style. I was like, All right, I'll just sit down, and I'll figure it out. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like everything figures itself out. That might not happen for everyone. Everyone might not feel that way. But um, I think that when it comes to me, at least, I'm like, I know whatever decision I make, I'll be fine. I'll be good. And um, I can make the best of any situation. So, Do you meditate? I do meditate, actually, like once a week. Um, it's actually gone down now because school is draining me. But um, sometimes I leave school early because, you know, I don't have a class or anything and I'll just go home, depending on the day. If I had a really bad day, I'll just sit there and meditate. But yeah, I do. How did you start meditating? <laughs> Actually, a funny story. Um, on Spotify, they have like this meditation um, playlist. And I was like, oh, let me see what this is. And the guy started talking to me and I just sat there and I just went with it. And I was like, oh, I kind of like this. My mom comes into my room and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, meditating, clearly. So I taught my five-year-old sister how to do it too. So we meditate together. No way. Yeah. That's sweet. Cool. She loves it. Great. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you so it's, much for having me. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Oh, that's nice. One from another, one from another. Amen, amen. God bless, God bless. See you tomorrow, see you tomorrow. Five o'clock, five o'clock. On time, on time. Do your chores, do your chores. Hi, this conversation was recorded at Laurel School with lots of organizing by Kate Floyd, the Director of Marketing. A big thank you for her time, office, and patience. The incredible cheers you're hearing were performed by the Glenville Panthers cheerleaders. Here Her Sports Glenville is a neighborhood stories project sharing the power of sports for girls and women, presented by the Cleveland YWCA as part of Front International. Find more, including images at hearhersportsproject.com or on Instagram at hearherglenville. I'm artist and athlete Elizabeth Emery. I am not from Glenville, so I'm incredibly appreciative of all the girls and women who took time to tell their stories. Keep listening. A hundred sporty ladies of all ages will talk about sports, health, goals, and about Glenville. We hope that these stories retain a part of Glenville's history and give voice to more women during this time of change in the neighborhood and in the city of Cleveland. We believe in the importance of sports as one way to break boundaries, increase strength, confidence, and success of all girls and women. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.